0: Welcome to More Than Friends, a podcast about the lives of women who love other women. I'm Diane and while I would usually say that I'm your host, in today's episode my good friend Joe will actually be taking over hosting duties. Thanks to some persistent peer pressure, Joe will be interviewing myself and my girlfriend Louise and we'll be chatting about our coming out, who wears the pants in the relationship and basically how this podcast came to be thanks to Louise's help. Before we move on to the interview, this will be the closing episode of Season 1. Season 2 is currently in the works and I'm hoping to launch in a few weeks' time. Thank you so much for your continued support. Hope you enjoy the episode.
1: So, Diane, it gives me great pleasure to welcome you to your own podcast. Thanks so much. (laughs) It's not often you get to welcome somebody to their podcast, but here we are. How does it feel to be on the other side of the table?
0: I have a lot of respect for my guests who have been on previously because it's not easy.
1: It's not easy, it's nerve-wracking, but it's very exciting to be here. There's nothing I love more than interviewing one of my very closest and best friends, so I'm thrilled. Thank you, Jojo. And somebody who's made that very close friend very happy. Oh, Lou, hi. <laughs>
2: Don't be shy, babe. I am very shy, guys.
1: So we, know, we know you're shy and we're going to go easy on you.
2: Mm. Di has been preparing a ways to tease me. She told me that. Ah, yes. I mean, you know, if there's an opportunity for me to tease you, I'll take it.
0: Absolutely. Same and I
1: will team up with her and take it as well. <laughs> See, it's always two against one. It's always two against one. So we're going to be talking all about how this podcast came to be. You've created this beautiful thing that's already inspiring lots of people and it's telling great stories. And um, we'll, we'll talk more about how all of that came to happen in the first place. But first of all, you guys. How did you meet?
2: Mm. want to go first, die' Because I'll be doing clarifications for sure for this one. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which
0: apparently, you know, there are things that I omit. Um, <laughs> so I had, um, this was in 2019, and I had been on oh. Tinder for a while. Um, and as anyone who's been on Tinder would know that eventually you run out of swipes, and there's just no one to swipe <laughs> on. And I was telling um one of my very good friends, Anna, I was telling her, like, I, I just I, I just can't deal anymore, like, there's no one on there, like, what's next? And she said, but you're being picky, no? And I said, I mean, if, if they're not perfect, oh, I'm not going to swipe right on them, what's mm-hmm. the point? <laughs> and, and she said, no, you're being far too picky, just find one thing that you like, and if, if you do find that one nice thing, swipe right. And uh, literally, a couple days later, um, I opened Tinder and Lou's profile came up. Hello, hello. Um, and, you know, her profile, her pictures were like of her, like, running and holding like a really big weight. <laughs> Just Comes like, oh, cross right away. <laughs> uh, I like, got a fitness streak. Okay. But um, she had lovely, lovely eyes. And in one of the pictures, she was wearing a hoodie with um. Thumper from Bambi on it. So I said, okay, she likes Disney. I said, okay, nice eyes and likes Disney. I'll swipe right. Um, and then, and then I think you should tell them about what you saw on Tinder.
2: Why I wasn't in there, rather. Or why you were, sure we were on Tinder for the same thing. I no? <laughs> for just two weeks only and I was there to, well, as they put it, have my fun and have fun because I was just coming out of a, well, long-term, not so nice relationship. <laughs> And, uh, well, then Di was on Tinder, and uh, a picture with her dog was a big plus, and I swiped right, so... Um, she got a two-for-one special. Yeah. Yes, yes. We have which,
1: Chuck to thank for this Which is still situation. very present,
2: Chuck. Um... And as I like to say, after two weeks, I killed my buzz. <laughs> yes, I ruined Tinder for her.
0: little dash, out know, Tinder ruins itself pretty quickly. So I It was the right time.
1: You got, out, you got out at the right it's time. It's true. You that's were,
0: what I've been told. That's the magic window. You're on Tinder for two weeks. You have enough like profiles to swipe through. And then after that, I think you're done. So no, no. you're welcome, babe. Exactly. Thanks, love. <laughs> <laughs> so that
2: was how we met.
1: So that's how you met.
2: Um... And how did, it, how did it go? Like, what happens then? Yes, good Hi, question. Ma, Mamma mia. I knew I was in trouble very early on. Oh, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true, it's very true. Ah, no, because we started chatting.
0: I asked her about the Thumper hoodie, and she told me, no, I, I bought it because I liked it. I didn't even
2: know the character that was on my hoodie, Actually. <sighs> And still, Diane, stuck with you. Because mano, we know mano, that Disney mano.
1: is rather cool mano. to her existence. I've been, I,
2: I have been nurtured in that aspect of yes, my Christina, life. She's very willing to learn. <laughs> um, but uh, but
0: we, we chatted extensively. And and hmm. and it took us a little while to meet up. Because I um, was away with my family on holiday. <laughs> which gave us an excuse to chat more. Because we had different things to talk about. Um, took the pressure off, maybe, as well. The fact you
1: couldn't meet immediately.
0: Yes, but then I did... so. This is a this is a bit of a f- a thing that I like to tease Lou about is that her gut reaction to anything I ask her is no.
2: <laughs> Would you like to meet for a drink? No. And very often then it turns into a yes somewhere down the line. Yeah.
0: So well she didn't. Ruskin I told her let's meet for a drink. She told me I I can't because I have a family thing. And then we met a couple of days after um we had initially um spoken about mm. it uh, but again on our first date i was you know very courteous
2: and said like can i kiss you and she said no because <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't her, know that I, it's it's very true it's very true because um, i told her like i'm not looking for anything serious but you are so i don't want to mislead you so i was still very honest right from the start
0: she kissed me anyway.
2: I just, I oh, I did. Thank I God. God. Thank God you kissed me. I was going to say, I, that's not how I remember this Thank story. Thank God she did. It.
0: But uh, there's always a no before there's a yes. It's <laughs> fine. Yeah. No,
2: okay, no. well, it's clearly working. She knew what she wanted
1: and she went after it. Okay, well, she's always been like that. Let's just put it that way in all different parts of her life. So so you meet and you, and you hit staff.
0: But at that time, were you both out? That's a good question. Um I was. Uh-huh, you were, were fully not. out to like family and friends while I exactly. wasn't. Um, exactly.
2: I was obviously out to my friends. And I was very excited to be living that actually yes, at co- the time. That's it because I mean, it hadn't been very long. I mean, still it might have been a, about a year and a half or two, but it still felt very new and exciting. Yes, it's true, and
0: and I think at the time as well, it was it was an exciting time to be out as well. I mean, it was just. Mm the fear around it wasn't quite as big as it was in previous years um because it just felt more accepting yeah. to be out in society and there were parties being held and you just felt like there was something to be a part of Yeah, yeah. Um, there were opportunities
2: so to speak
0: exact and for me um at that point obviously if you're out if you're on tinder then people are going to see you so there's an element of being out um
2: but it's like, who's going to see me exact <laughs> and, and, and you're
0: thinking who there's a very big element of that, of, of being on Tinder and outing yourself to a Manna, degree, Manna. and you don't know who's going to see you. And you will
2: see relatives sometimes over there. Exactly.
0: <laughs> I wasn't out um, to my family at the time, and uh, and Lou was a very big part of that, because I was very worried about telling my parents. Um, I felt that I would be... Dis- I, I knew that it wasn't something that they were used to, or something that was in our family culture. There was no one who had paved the way for me, so to speak, mm-hmm. in the family. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, so for me, it was this. It was like, I want to live my life. I want to, to to find someone that I click with. And obviously, you have to put yourself out there to a degree and come out in public. Um, but at that point, no, I, I wasn't out.
2: Um, but Lou was a really big part of
0: I, helping me come out to my I family. I did as
2: much as possible try to play a positive role in DICE coming out because as someone who has been through it, I fully understand how freaking scary it can be, um, but it did reach a point where it was uh, not so easy to continue to, you know, be the ideal partner for that when it came to us moving in together.
0: Yes. That was another question where I asked, would you like to move in and she said no, no. And, and, and then eventually it <laughs> turned into a yes. This uh, was
1: COVID times, right? Yes, So exactly. there was an added nuance to moving in together. Yes.
2: We had only been together for, I think, six months when we first, first, first started discussing that when it came up. Yes, because we we had been together for six months when COVID
0: hit. And so then it became kind of an inevitable question of should we be moving in together? Because, you know, there might be a legal notice that says everyone has to just stay home and we can't see each other. And and that's not what we wanted. Within their household.
2: Yeah. And uh, I was very uneasy about that of us taking that big step of moving in together and well, her parents knew that she was seeing someone and probably they did get the hint that it was serious, but they just didn't know that it was Lou. Um, So I was getting very uneasy having been in uh, in a previous relationship where I was, you know, kept a secret and I was not willing to go through that again, sadly enough.
0: Yeah, so that was something where um, Lou was literally packing up her stuff a couple yeah. of weeks before moving in, and and we were speaking, and she said like, you know, you still haven't told your parents, yeah, and um, it's it's uh, it's unacceptable at this point, and and she she was totally right, so I literally just kind of packed up my things, mm. <laughs> left her place, and went to my parents, and and told my parents, you know, like I need to talk to you about this person that I've been seeing, and my father, Miss Skeen. <laughs> <laughs> said, why are you keeping him a secret? And I told him, you know, and and he told me, a, a girl, like, what do you mean? And, you know, his face just crumbled and my, my dad's a, a big guy and a big, like burly guy, very, very um authoritative in his in his presence. Um, But but, you know, he just started crying and I'm there, like, OK. <laughs> This is exactly what I thought would happen and exactly what I didn't want to happen. Um, my mother, bless her, just kind of smiled at me and didn't say much. Um, and I know that th- th- there is a big element of fear for them. Um, and this is something that actually, um, to call back to Theatrotal um, mm. the production that was put up locally a few weeks ago, um, there's this really powerful scene where where you're hearing the ins- very Maltese, well, insults spoken in Maltese, very, very harsh, very homophobic. And in that moment, because the play is, is kind of set in this time, kind of you talk back to the 80s or, or or the 70s, where I said, this is what my parents have heard, and this is what they're scared of. That's so true. This, yeah. is, this is their fear that, this is their interpretation of it. Um, and i really felt that in that moment and i said and you know it does help you understand you can't blame people who who were born in a different generation brought up under different circumstances
2: that to think the way that they do they don't know much different unfortunately
0: yes so it's it's very much a case of of educating them and 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 showing them that there is another way and case in point um i mean this was this happened on a saturday the next day, they asked me, you know, it was Sunday lunch and they said, you know, are you coming to lunch? So I w- so that moment, I remember, flooded me with relief because I was like, okay, I'm yeah, still accepted. accepted You're good. You know, Very they still, again, something... Life goes on. Mm. So basic. They still love me. Okay, I'm, I'm being invited to, to Sunday lunch. So, you know, fast forward to now three years later we've come a long way we've come a really long way you know they love Lou but their face come lights come up when way. they see her if I you know go home without her feigning my judge, and um, uh, you know the dog is in love with her so <laughs> 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 definitely a part
2: of the family which is what we always wanted so no no, no. even just thinking about it now it, it really feels like we've come a long way and it feels very good like much more calm and peaceful because to trace back uh, Like, I had felt very awful that it had reached a point where I felt the need to put the pressure on Di to to tell her parents, because I knew what was at stake for her, and it wasn't a very pleasant feeling to, you know, push her in that direction. But it was a very unsafe environment for me just as much, because I was also changing careers at the time, so it's like... You know, those bases that form your foundation of safety, like your home, your career. Everything was in flux for you. Yeah, everything was just, you know, crumbling down. And And it happened to be a global pandemic as well. (laughs) So there was just a general feeling of fear. Just another layer. Um, But thankfully, we worked it out. Oh, my love. Yeah. (laughs) And here we sit
1: now. How many years later than that? That's three years ago. ago. It's
2: going on to four. Well, uh-huh. oh, in the summer, in summer. Of so course. in summer, uh-huh, we, we got together four years ago, and,
0: and this whole coming out business happened a year later. So three years.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, And now here we are, that time later on your podcast, which is, of course, sharing stories like yours um, and so many other great stories. So how did the podcast come about? How did did you go from sort of, you know, this coming out experience? And obviously that educated you so much in so many different ways. You saw so many different aspects of it. And then at some point you decided, okay, I want to tell these stories. What happened there?
0: Um, So I've always wanted to... To start a podcast in some shape or form, Um, but the topics that I that had come to me never really seemed right. Um, But then, so there were two things that happened, and they happened very close together, where there were a few people that I knew who were still. in the closet on some varying mm. level. Um, and they were, they were really struggling to come out to themselves and kind of accept themselves. And obviously, and, and I think on another level where if you identify as bisexual, there's another level of complication, of complexity, mm. Mm. where you think, okay, so now I have to choose. Or
2: explaining that you need to do.
0: And uh, uh, there's a lot of explaining of, but you were with boys and now you're mm. with girls or vice versa, you know? Um, so. I had met a couple of people who were saying, you know, that in 2021, I said that right there. 2021, you know, and 2022, I'm still struggling with coming out and and I don't know how to do it. And I don't know if I want to do it. And, you know, I like girls, but, you know, I want to have a family, so I can't be with a woman. Um, and that just... I, I, it Labels are such a difficult part
1: of our society. I think we've spoken about that before. Like, it feels like you're making a commitment to that label mm. almost as much as kind of to your choices. Yes, mm. and,
0: and it's also choosing a lifestyle. I remember mm. struggling with this where I was like, okay, so I'm either going to be with a man and have a family or be with a woman and possibly be happier, but also put my... Put myself on a much tougher journey. One, you know, you're going to deal with um, with with discrimination and and with extra scrutiny. And then, obviously, that if you want to start a family, you you're, it's not going to be done traditionally. Which there's absolutely nothing wrong with, and that people should do whatever they, they are happy to do. But it it's a big leap. Um, so uh-huh, so that was part of it. That was a big part of it. But then. Lou's favourite TV
2: show. Killing Eve. Really let her down. No spoilers, but there was um there was It's a gonna be hard for me not to give spoilers and explain this. Go ahead, yeah, give it a go. No, I was gonna let you continue having the floor. <laughs> okay, fine. No problem. Um so I'll you button. Okay, you'll button, <laughs> fair enough,
0: no problem. Um so, Lou loves this TV show called Killing Eve. By the way,
2: guys, if you don't know about Jodie Comer, you have to know about Jodie Comer. Is she your whole pass, Lou? Your free pass, baby. Oh, yes, of course. Sorry,
0: Anna. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have this inside joke with our friend Anna that she's her free pass. Yeah. Um, you see but, how, yeah. how accommodating I am. Eh? Uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> she has the whole Backstreet Boys, by the way.
0: All of them still?
1: Oh, Joe. She's had them since she was fifteen, so we can't, you know. Yeah, they've been like, in the room that long. I they did might win well the stay. dog,
0: but I can't have it all. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so there's this TV show, Killing Eve, that um, before its fourth season came out, um, which was the fin-
2: final season.
0: Yes, um, Lou really got into the online community, um, which and this TV show is very. Queer coded, so to speak. You know, there's this element of the the main character being sexually fluid, and and a kind of tension between her and the other main character, who's also a woman. Um, and uh, and online communities can be really, really dynamic and really beautiful in the creations that fans come up with, from fan fiction to fan art. Um, And Lou really got into that. And I I had gotten into it um, very early on when I was a teenager as a kind of escape. So I totally understood it and and supported her. I didn't see her on her phone and on Twitter and think,
2: you know, (laughs) what are you doing?
0: I'm like, she's she's engaging with with this fandom. Good for her. It's a great outlet. It was very
2: exciting discovering another part of the community, quite literally. And even even as a show itself. which, by the way, it's a typical cat and mouse story, like professional assassin being chased by MI6 for like she was meant to be captured. Um, uh, it was it was a brilliant show, both in terms of storyline, cinematography. It was pure art for me, which is very appealing. But uh, yeah, final, it ended badly. Final season it was very disappointing with bury your gay tropes. So it was it was the first time that I, I felt, maybe it will sound exaggerated, but pure sadness for a fictional character. Um, um, maybe it's going to be a spoiler, but dying.
0: Yes, and, and you know, that's the problem, and that thankfully I had this um, understanding of it, because I think anyone else would have been like, why is she upset over a fictional character man, dying? Man. But it's not the fictional character dying, it is the representation killing of it. a gay character killing a gay character after, you know, there's a, there's a crescendo in, in, in this relationship uh, between these characters. Um, and it's, it is a trope. It's happened in loads of TV shows, Grey's Anatomy, um, Buffy the Vampire's there. The Did 100. it happen in Grey's? Yes, because you remember when <gasps> Callie slept with that, um, oh, with Erica Hahn. She didn't die, yeah. but she just disappeared. She, disappeared she was mad. in the parking yeah. lot and then she was gone.
2: Yes. And she never came
0: back. Um, Mm. And I mean, with Grey's, it wasn't that much of a burying your gaze. But there is this element of gay characters being um, dispensable. Mm. Or expendable? Expendable.
2: Neither. I I Um, remember sitting on the sofa when we were watching it. It's like, I know what the writers and producers were trying to elicit. Uh, It's like, I know you're trying to make me feel something, but it's not happening. Even when the good parts were meant to be happening, I was, I, I found myself, it's like, I'm just waiting for it to hit, but I'm still not feeling anything. Um, And I remember telling that, it's like as if real life doesn't suck enough, you know? Yeah, it's a big letdown where,
0: especially when they build up the relationship, you know, it's, Mm. oh my God, this great romance, this cat and mouse, all this tension, and then they kill off the character. And it's like,
2: so we don't get a happy ending. And yeah, and that was one of the main reasons why... When you started this, what exactly? As because well.
0: we, we were chatting at home, and, and that's what came out of our conversations where it was like,
2: let's we're depending, do it ourselves. yeah, we're
0: depending yeah, on, yeah, let's showcase the happy ending yeah, on, the, on, on fiction to give us a happy ending. And in real life, there are plenty of people having a happy ending, but nobody's mega, talking mega. about it. Everyone's, really? as and people are very living very freely, case in point, all of the guests that have been on the show so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but. We don't talk about it. There's there's nothing in the media where we're represented. If you switch on, you know, for your sense, TVM, any of the... Okay, TVM.
2: <laughs> like,
0: whatever. Or, you, you know, you're looking at social media. There There isn't that representation. And sometimes if there is, it's a joke. A oh, very half-baked one. Okay, um, yeah. But, you know, where are our stories? And that's really it. It's about showcasing queer talent, queer talent in a relationship, it's like all that fear that you have about coming out at the very first stage of coming out to yourself of saying, I am queer in some way, and and there's flack that I have to face, there's also a lot of happiness that you're going to find exactly. on the other side of it.
2: So at least our Daidae is putting that into the universe now. Yes. And what a yes. great thing to put out there, definitely. Yeah. You know, Hearing it from that perspective, it's yeah. so true.
1: Where is the representation? And now here it is. Um, and the title, how did you yeah. come up with the name Ooh. for the podcast? Dil
2: Habiba.
0: Yeah, you get, <laughs> <it>. <laughs> you get a lot of that, of like, um, so-and-so and her friend. friend so-and-so, yeah. ul
2: Habiba. Especially you know, with parents, when they're you introducing know, struggling you. to yeah. Yeah. find some way to introduce us. Yes. And which I, and so case in
0: point, there are some some people with good intentions that just don't have the vocabulary for it. So there's an element of, of educating them. And I think educating them with, with with gentle love and care, it doesn't have to be a, a, a tense conversation, you know. It's just like, listen, you can call Lou my girlfriend because that's what she is. If you don't feel comfortable saying girlfriend, if it doesn't roll off the tongue, you can say partner. But don't... Don't call her my friend because she's a lot more than my friend. I don't, right. I don't do the things with my friends that I do with Lou and vice versa. So. <laughs> Babe, you have to edit that.
1: I think that'll be in there, Lou. I have a feeling that'll make the final
0: part. So ah, that was really it. I mean, Lou was instrumental in helping me set up this podcast because she was my sounding board and she, she was part no, of the inspiration. No. I,
2: I'm, I'm very proud of you. Here's it's sweet. it's it's
0: awesome. So you know we would sit, be sitting at home and I say, okay, so what? I've come up with these names. What do you think? More than friends, mere, it's mere. It, it has a ring to it, and it kind of really encap- encapsulates it. And I think people who come across it will kind of think like, oh, what do you mean, more than friends? And uh, you know, there's a little bit of um, enigma to it. Yeah. Cool.
1: And I think the audience, as we spoke about, is opening up, you know, I think you created this for the queer community. But what's been really nice is you've seen the audience grow beyond that as well, perhaps mm-hmm. to people who are supporting somebody else coming out or maybe have a daughter or a son yeah. who's going through that process. And I think that's one of the things that maybe you didn't anticipate.
0: Yes. Uh-huh. Um, my lovely friend Tez had um, shared the, the podcast on her stories, in, like f- first week it came out. And all of a sudden, I got all of these like mummies and and just teachers, teachers right? following. And I was like, oh, why are you following? Like, like oh, great, thank you so much for the support. But I'm, I'm not getting it. Like, it's not computing in my head. I, 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 I had the queer the queer community in mind when setting this up. And Lou very quickly set me back on track. And she was like, as if, if the like the more people you reach, the better. And and how amazing if these people
2: are are using this podcast as a way to learn. They need um, the knowledge and the guidance. As so. usual, she was right. So. <laughs> <laughs> At least even if I say no orphan, I turn out to be right often as well. Yes, babe. always. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, th- I think you do. I think you do. Um, so, I mean, one of the the things that you're sort of overcoming is, I think, that, again, in the queer community, you hear so many comments that are made that might feel <laughs> really silly or, or might be, feel detrimental or, or whatever. What are some of the examples that you've had?
2: Oh, yeah, we had. That's your dad, ooh. Man, the most common phrase, like um, maybe tracing back a bit, but uh, when I had come out to my parents, it was, I think, quite anticipated from their end. And um, my mom was her usual loving self, because she even hugged me, so that made me feel like it was going to be okay. And uh, my dad just put his head in his hand in a bit of despair, which he sometimes <laughs> still does. <laughs> and sometimes he goes like, Issa, ze ushtfailitphalkom, kiko si And I'd be like, we found each other, and the most important thing is that we're happy. And thankfully, my mom, you know, repeats that and she supports that and she totally understands it.
0: Yes. Um, it has to be said, your dad is supportive in his own way. Just for some reason, sometimes he passes <laughs> this particular comment where we look at him and we're like, Emma, what are you on about? Yes, sometimes even with
2: strangers at
0: restaurants. Yeah, yes. <laughs> but um, yes, we get these kind of, well, these comments where even sometimes someone will ask, you know, like, OK, so but who, who wears the pants in the relationship? Mm-hmm. And it's like... The whole point is that there's no one wearing pants so to speak but since we live in the 21st century we both wear pants um (laughs) and that's the beauty of our relationship is that in reality we have a really nice balance of of feminine and masculine energy which is probably what people are asking kind of like but who you know who has the more Mm -hmm. dominant role and we both have our areas of exactly of one being maybe more supportive and the other being taking on a bit of more of a leadership role if that's kind of what they're going for. But but, you know, it's we're more like what differentiates us is that lose like this sporty Fortune. character, very yeah. outgoing. I'm a bit um, quieter and, and a nerd, you know. Um, <laughs> but I love it. She'll sh- sh- pick up my books. She'll pick up one of my books, and I, f- I find her reading in bed, and I'm saying, I sipped.
2: The nice. overlap. <laughs> so the sweet overlap it's spot. Great. No, yeah. no. Um, I I completely like how you put it. Like um, The ways we complement each other is what we happen to be good at, and we try to do it together. So even if someone is lacking in something, thankfully, it tends to be that the other one of us is better at it and can, you know, offer better guidance or support. And it interchanges and is interdependent in that way, in whichever way we need it to be. Mm-hmm. So I don't think of it that way. Who wears the pants? Yeah. Sometimes both pants come off. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs>
1: Now we've taken things (laughs) to a whole other place.
0: That I'm <laughs> it's
1: That's am cutting. Absolutely not. That's totally staying in.
0: <laughs> oh no. She wrote it on her notes over there. Both of them come off sometimes. She said.
1: Wow, I missed that. Okay, okay. Yeah. So both of your pants come off. She's saying fine. it again to keep both it of them come put on because you both wear the pants, but both of them also come off. Exactly. Not sure how many times I can say this to ensure <laughs> that it makes it into the final cut. <laughs> <laughs> um Di, you're a, you're a self-confessed nerd, as you said there mm-hmm. so I know um you know life is lived online sometimes in certain parts of our lives has that played an an important part in your in your life you know is that I mean, Malta, as we know, perhaps isn't as representative of all the different parts of society as some larger places might be, simply due to its size. So mm-hmm. sometimes that requires us to to search um, a little bit more. Has the online space been helpful in your journey?
0: Yes, definitely. Um, and if I had to go back, just to give a bit of context, um, growing up, I was very much an outsider. I didn't look like the kids in class. I didn't sound like them. I didn't live anywhere near them. Um, I mean, this, I mean, this was a very particular group of people, to be fair. Um, but I didn't really fit in. So, and and we lived in a called sweetly a barren town. But at the time, it was a town full of fields. There there weren't many other young girls who lived close by. So I would honestly just be at home with mummy, bored out of my mind. But luckily, you know, never wanted for anything, and had loads of Disney tapes. And and I had a cassette of The Sound of Music that I would just play over and over and learn all the words and learn all the bits of the music. Um, so I grew up very much in an internal space of of mm-hmm. having Julie Andrews and the Backstreet Boys and Britney Spears as, as company. Um, luckily, by the time that I was reaching my teen years, um, I had made a really nice group of friends at school and, and, and I kind of like immersed myself in the real world again. Um, and but then when the internet came along, it was much easier to kind of fall back into that habit of looking away from from what's going on in real life and looking into the digital space to to learn more about the topics that interest you, to, and you end up finding these communities. Case in point.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and and again, then when I was at university, I kind of let that go because I was so busy with with, with social events and stuff. Um, but then when I when I felt that that, um, struggle that um, it's an internal struggle where you just think like, okay, I'm dating boys and I like boys and I enjoy their company. Um, but I find myself looking at girls and I, and, and there's a particular friend who makes me feel fuzzy feelings inside. What is that? You know? And you, and you want to, you, you just think like, I don't think anybody else is dealing with this. So it must be just me. Mm. So that outsider feeling comes up again and it's, through therapy i learned that um that outsider feeling was was what i was um struggling with the most i didn't want something else that was going to make mm-hmm. me feel like an outsider but through you know i i think it was it was on tumblr mostly um which is a very has a heavy queer um presence uh, online uh, but through there you know like I got into these fandoms. Orange is the new black, Pitch Perfect, the Anna Kendrick fan- fandom, Rose and Pitch Rosie. Perfect as
1: well. I didn't realize there's queer connotations there. Yes, it's, so. it's
0: very, very queer. Because um, I, mean, you know, I remember the
1: Pitch Perfect period in our lives, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, it was. I mean, you look back, and and I've had friends of mine who tell me like, Emma, why are you so like invested in these communities? Like, live, li- live your real life. I'm like, yes. I would love to do that, but I'm not finding an outlet. I'm not finding Mm. a community to engage with in order to do that. Yeah. So that was the closest thing you had at the time, probably. Yes, there is that a sense of uh, outlet in in the sense of that you find people who make jokes that you find funny, that are very, again, queer coded in a way where things just make sense to you. And you're like, this is a completely other side of me that I don't get to engage with because in real life... Surrounded by heteronormativity, surrounded by straight couples, which I, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's, it's just a different planet, kind of, you know? So finding that connection with people online, I think, really helps you learn about yourself, helps you learn about other people, and it gives you the opportunity to explore
2: things.
1: And did you also have this experience, Lou? Was online a, a space for
0: you, or was it not as much a part of Mostly
2: for you? With, uh, with the Killing E fandom. Um, not too much beyond that, I feel.
0: but, like I always find this interesting, because for me it was it was part of the process for me to come out. But then, um, for mine. you, it wasn't. and you you had your own way of of coming to terms with things when I came
2: out., ha!
0: Uh-huh, it's, it's kind of like you you trusted your instinct enough to go with it.
2: Uh-huh. um I am because people often distinguish between first coming out to yourself and then, coming out to the people around you, I think for me, the coming out to myself was, I was almost unaware of it, because it was so present since, if, if I had to try and put an age to it, I would say five, and mm-hmm. um, then everything else that came after was just a confirmation of what I was feeling already, uh, so... In my case, the online community was just another exciting element of, oh my God, I had to live this and it feels so good. It feels so right. I feel so alive. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> it's not. Uh, it's not very
0: immersive in reality. Yes. I mean, it does come, it, your phone becomes an extension of yourself, but it becomes an extension of your mind where, even the fan fiction, where I haven't read a real fiction book in ages, because I'm like, the fan fiction that you'll find out there is so amazing. Oh my God,
2: so many talented people, both in
0: terms of writing, drawing. And that is a big part of it, where you have gatekeepers in media, whether it's TV shows, whether it's publishing, whatever. There are going to be people who are going to say the shareholders will not be happy with this gay content going out, and so we cannot allow it online. It's a free for all. Exactly. If you want to write the gayest love story <laughs> in all time, you can write it. You can put it online and people will devour we, it and uh, pay good money no. if they could. So, Zero.
1: It's, so it's absolutely so online representation has been an important part of the journey for you both. How would you for anybody that perhaps is exploring their journey or supporting somebody on a coming out journey, you know, is the online space still somewhere to go for that or or today is it different and do you think that you know there is more in-person representation
2: perhaps uh, the online is still very strong i would say
0: yes i think there was but a time it was not a time where it was stronger but again something that had really helped me was finding rose and rosie on youtube which was this um, very sweet couple um who we're both feminine present- presenting. So I, you know, in my mind, I thought, okay, if I if I am gay, then I need to go and cut my hair. I need to do all of these things. And I was like, but I don't want to cut my hair. I like my yeah. hair long. And how how am I going to fit in with this community if I'm not really like them? And, you know, they were just an example of two happy women together and showing themselves in this really positive, I mean, this carefree light where they were just living their lives and documenting it online, um, which, you know, was very brave of them. But that's it. It's I, I think now there's more activity on TikTok, for example. But mm-hmm. there's
2: always loads to read online. There's there's a lot of of material. Mm. But even in the physical, the real world, I think just, let's say, for example, if in every group of friends you're going to have a person who identifies as queer, you're also going to have a person who is going to be really supportive. Yeah. And even if they do not necessarily know the best way to go about it they're out of love and purely simply love they're going to be supportive and that's going to change everything for the person who's going to who's going to be trying to come out
0: yes i think having said that though what happens sometimes is that even with the best intentions um the support is not always what a person might need sometimes all you all you need is to be told you're loved and and we support you and you can you can you can experience your journey as, as suits you. But, but there is an element of, uh, for me, like I remember going to therapy, finding a lot of support with my therapists. Mm. Um, and, uh, but then, but there would be certain things where case in point, someone would tell you, Emma, why does it matter? What Why does this gay element matter? Like you, it, things should go beyond that. And it's like, Certain nuances of the experience are not going to be understood by everyone. And at in moment, it could be someone who's gay who will tell you, "Emma, why are you making a fuss about it?" So I think nowadays, maybe I would also say, "I understand why you're making a fuss, but it's not—it's not that big of a deal. You will get past it." But in that moment, when you're in the th- when you're really in the thick of it, and it's just the gay panic is so overwhelming Uh, you know you can't uh, buy a coffee without thinking I'm gay I'm gay I'm buying a coffee and
2: it's (laughs) just really overwhelming Um, it affects so many areas of your life you simply do at, speaking for myself, you do lead less of a happy life, yeah. and when you actually it come it colors
1: everything, or exactly. at least it feels like it colors everything
0: but in it, that moment. In
2: every day that you live, that yes. that is what you're living. Yeah. And I,
0: but I think it goes, it, it's it can go both ways. In that, when it's the shame coloring everything, yeah. that's where the gay yeah. panic comes in. It's yeah. like. I'm doing what I was always told was not the right thing to do, or I'm doing this thing which people pretend didn't even exist, you know. But ma, those two men, they're always together, they're gay. no, 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 no. Change topic, you know, vis-a-vis. I'm with my girlfriend, having a coffee in Baluta, having a really nice time and we're going to go for a walk on the front and we're going to hold hands and we're going to show people that we're together, not because we're like this,
2: we're not a, we're not a walking pride parade. It's not that. But even to random people on the Sleema promenade, you feel like you're coming out yet still? Yes, it's Mm -hmm. a, it's a very,
1: yeah, there's an ongoing element to Mm -hmm. coming out, isn't there? Mm -hmm. Because you're showing yourself to new people constantly. Does it get easier?
0: Ah, yes, I mean now we don't even think as in, we we like holding hands, so we will hold hands. It's not it's not it's a, one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> you see, <ma>. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's a really, like it's it's something we enjoy doing. On my end, it is partly a statement to again engage that representation to just be like you've never seen two women holding hands, you just did, and for those people who might be driving by. Because I would have been one of them who sees two girls holding hands, Manna. two boys holding hands Manna. and goes, wow, how nice living their life not out in the open. It sounds so silly shit if you're out mm-hmm. in the open, but that's that's Just living their life. Is. If it's, you
2: see it, you can imagine it for yourself then.
0: Yes, that that is for me. That has a, That's such a good point. That's it where mm. you see it and you can imagine it. If you don't see it, this is like if you're talking about having a family, getting married. I don't know, even even some it doesn't even have to be gay getting a job Uh, abroad if you see your cousin doing it if you see your best friend doing it it makes it possible for you if you see two women walking down the street together having a great time not not being that representation you have in your head of gay people are ostracized and 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 you know dress a certain way or do things a certain way and 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 they're perverts you know this this horrible shame that we have built Mm. into us it's nobody's well, it's some people's fault, but it's, <laughs> it's not your fault if you have this shame built in, because that's just the no. way we were raised. It's, it's coded in, in the media we consume. It's everywhere without us even knowing it. So you have to actively work against it. It's very right. tiring, but you have to do the work in order to reap the, re-
2: the reward of living your life. Vulnerability for happiness. Baby. High five. <laughs> High
1: five. Okay, well, I mean, you know, what a great story. What a great telling of that story. So much to unpack and think about there. I mean, again, if you're thinking now of looking back on the journey, what do you wish you'd known? Or what do you wish people around you had known? Anybody who might be listening to this and thinking of coming out, or anybody who might be listening to this and watching somebody come out?
2: Start from a point where you feel that you're safest, I would say. Um, in my case, I didn't even come out to my parents first, as in that is following to accepting it for myself. I, I came out to two of my closest friends, which both acknowledged that they knew. <laughs> <laughs> they always know. Um, um, so as they say there there are some friends that we choose as family for ourselves that already gives you room to breathe a bit more peacefully. Um, and uh, once again, I'll resort to my story and my experience, because in no way do I understand how everyone feels. It, it, it reached a point where uh, I really needed to put aside uh, the fear, to put it in a very cliche way, but what I was giving up, uh, at, at some point, it was outweighed by my need for happiness and to live my life. Uh, Mm-hmm. That That is what it came down to.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Sometimes I, I literally need to jog my memory because uh, very often I, I forget the things that were unpleasant. So I, I really do need to make effort to remember because they're, they're simply not pleasant things that I would like to carry with me. So as mm-hmm. a coping mechanism, I think I genuinely forget things. But that is what it came down to for me.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, I think, to be fair, I was going to say something very similar, is that... Um, I, th- I think things happen when they should happen. I think Lou, I, I'm quite sure that Lou and I have been in the same room many a time in our history. For sure we had O-level exams together because we both went to church schools and we were all grouped together for our O-levels. But um, that experience of of going through it, going on your journey, going through the tough times, having your the, the lonely days and nights and, and and having the, the the exploration of and discovery of learning about yourself, learning about new things, learning about how people live their lives differently, um, it's part of the process. So you cannot have a shortcut to the process. I think it's ve- it's very very important. I think it helps you grow as a person, and it's worth experiencing. Um, but yes, uh-huh. when I see what we have now and and what you know all of these experiences have brought me to, I would say. I wish I didn't put myself through so much grief, it's the grief and it's the the shame again where I think, "Ah, should I have told my parents earlier to save myself all those months of of anguish, literally of of just being Mm. so so scared to tell them? Case in point, they don't know about this podcast. Maybe they do now. <laughs> Hi, Ma. <laughs> you know? um, Hi, Christine. <laughs> they don't, to, to, to say everything, they don't know about it. Not because, again, not because I carry any shame or anything, um, but actually I've been waiting to close off the first season before even telling most people about It's not something that I've been public um, about, just because sometimes when you start a project, you, you want to see it through it. a little
1: bit before you put it out there in full. So. Exactly. Absolutely. Um,
0: so you know, I'm very happy for them to to listen. You know, if they would listen <laughs> to it all the way through, they could. Um, but that's it. You know, it's it's saving yourself the grief. It's not it, the process is very important. But if I could give anyone any advice, is don't be so hard on yourself. It is tough. Go it through it's go it's through it's what you need to go through. But the payoff, if your gut is telling you. you know. You know, I want to explore this or there's that person that I really like. My life is not going to be traditional if I pursue that path, but that's okay because what is traditional now doesn't doesn't matter anymore.
1: It really doesn't. Well, what a privilege to listen to your story. Thank you both so much. There is nothing better than seeing someone you love happy. And honestly, you two are such a lovely couple and so lovely to listen to. So (laughs) it's been a privilege for me to to help tell your story. And thank you for sharing it. And thank you for sharing all the stories on More Than Friends.
0: Thank you, Jojo, for coming today. It really means a lot. Um, And thank you to Luke who's so patient with us and is such, <laughs> makes, creates such a safe space for us to share
2: these stories. That's true. Thank you, Dai Dai. Thank you, Jo, as well. <laughs> That's a wrap. <laughs> well done, guys.
0: Thanks for listening to More Than Friends. Be sure to like, follow and subscribe on your platform of choice to get notified about our next episode. If you or someone you know is struggling with their sexuality, there's help out there. ARC, Richmond Foundation and MGRM offer support services for people of all ages.